Welcome to the Joey Miller Podcast. I'm Pastor Joey Miller from Champion Christian Center, and I am so happy that you tuned in with us today. We have so much to talk about out of God's Word, and you are going to be blessed. But let me just remind you, before we jump in, don't forget to check out joeymiller.co for all sorts of resources, from merch to Bible studies to podcast notes to blogs. You will be blessed, so check it out today. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. If you're enjoying it and you want to share it with a friend, a great way to let us know is to like it, to share it, and to subscribe. So make sure you do that as well. Well, let's get into the Word together. Correct, correct or get really serious about some areas of parenting is the enemy likes to make you feel like you're an imposter. Like who do you think you are now to start being all holier than thou? And sometimes he'll even use your kids to say that. Like, oh, uh, you don't swear now? Or, oh, wow, like you don't drink now? Or you don't go out? Or, or you're not on your phone? And so he'll try to use those voices to keep you almost held hostage against moving in freedom and course correcting in the areas, really stripping you of your God-given authority. He likes to usurp that either through your own thoughts or through other people. And so standing in that place of authority and being transparent and authentic with mm -hmm. your kids and say, you know what, I was wrong in the past. But this is the way we're going to go now because this is what God's word says. Like, be real with them. Um, don't, don't let them make you feel like you're an imposter. Be like, you know what? Yeah, I did it wrong before, but we're doing it right now. This is the direction that we're going. And so today is a great day to start. Uh, start with the little things and really start moving things in the right direction. And, and let me just say, say this too. You know, you could do everything right as a parent. And sometimes there's seasons where your kids are just acting out of their identity. And so, you know, in those seasons, not uh, being self-condemning, but the Bible says train up a child in the way they, were, they will go. And when they were older, they will not depart from it. And, and not allowing that to become your definitive reality. Say, so, you know what? They don't understand who they are now. I'm standing on that verse. Um, a lot of times when our kids mess up, and we're going to talk about this for a second, uh, it's just because they've forgotten who they are. Mm -hmm. Not only our kids, but Christians in general. They just forget who they are. Yeah, you know, they buy into a lie. They believe something that's not truth. Um, but it's only when you live in the truth that you live in total freedom of who God's created you to become. And so, you know, you look at it, it happened in the garden. Um, and, and there's going to be those moments where your kids, uh, to your point, I love how you say that, is just forget who they are. Um, they forget their identity. Um, and I think it's going back to the foundation to remind them of that. Because our tendency as parents, when our kids get it wrong, is to kind of yell, scream, have a moment where you're like, you're a bad person, you're terrible, at, you know, X, Y, Z, you kind of laid this out, what's wrong with you, all these things. Um, and really what they need, um, they need firm discipline, don't get me wrong. But really what they need in that moment is an affirmation of who they really are. Because that's going to be the strongest truth that they carry. Because the next time they're tested, you know, I'm sorry, but fear is not the number one motivator. Love is. And so the next time they go to make a decision that's wrong, they're not thinking, you know, they're not going to be thinking like, oh, I'm so glad, you know, I got yelled at and I got told like what a terrible person I was because that's going to motivate me to make the right choice now. They're going to think back to that moment where you were firmly disciplined. This is what you did wrong. This is what God's word says. And this is why we don't do that. And then remind them, that's not who you are. That's, that's who the world is. That's who the world's wanting to define you as who you are. This is who you are. You're a mighty man of God. You're a mighty woman of God. You love God. God's hand is upon you. God's called you to greater things. And so it's those, it's the affirmation of their true identity 
that actually comes alive in them to reaffirm what they're actually feeling in their heart. Because let's be honest, if you train up a child in the way they should go and you lay the right foundations, when they make the wrong choice, they already know they made the wrong choice. They already know they're in the wrong. So you, you just beating them up and beating them down isn't going to help them grow in their true identity. As a matter of fact, it actually could condemn them further away from God and they could act out more. What you need to do is you need to come back. Think about this. Before Jesus starts his whole ministry, the one thing that is affirmed to him by the Father is his position with the Father. Not one miracle was accomplished or done in the life of Jesus. And this is what the Father said. This is my son whom I love and I am well pleased with. In other words, it wasn't based on Jesus' performance of how many miracles that he had done. His identity was needing to be reaffirmed by the Father before he stepped in to his season where he manifested really the fullness of God's plan in his life. He was tested in the garden. Your children will be tested. There are times where they will mess up. They will make a mistake. I mean, is, if your kid can talk, all right, they've already made a mistake. They've already been rebellious. They've already said no. They might have hit you. I mean, the human nature is under the curse of sin until they come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And even then, it's a renewal of the mind that causes them to be transformed into who they're created to be. So when you understand that your role as a parent is to be like the father who's saying, I love you, I accept you, I'm well pleased with you. This is who you are. That doesn't mean we just, you know, we're sloppy with things. We don't, this, matter of fact, it means the opposite. It means when you lied about this, this is who you really are. This is sin, number one, and, and it's going to separate you from God. And you understand that. You feel the effects of it, right? You talk to him. But this is who you really are. You're a child of God. God's spirit's in you. So his, his word is in you. You're, you're called to change the world. Yeah. That's who you are. Why would you stoop down there when you're called to change the world? And that's the whole story of the prodigal son. Yeah. Is well, the father reminding him of his place? We see it all throughout scripture. You know, I think about Paul in 2 Timothy when he's talking to Timothy, who is his spiritual son, and he's talking to him and he's telling him all of the, the things. You know, he says, flee youthful passions, pursue righteousness. And he's, he's having an honest conversation. And he goes on to talk about the godlessness in the last days. And he says, you know, there's going to be temptation to do this and that, Timothy. But then I love this because there's a, a, a switch in the test text in verse 10 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. He's telling him all the temptations, but then he reaffirms his identity and he says, but that's not who you mm. are, Timothy. That's what the world says, but you, and he goes on to tell him mm. how to live uh, righteous for the Lord. He talks about fulfilling uh, the call that God has upon his life. He's reaffirming the destiny in Timothy. Mm. So like, just like you were talking about the prodigal son, you were talking about Jesus and the father. We see here Paul and Timothy that as parents, earthly human parents, you are the closest representation to your children of God the Father uh, on planet Earth. So they're watching how you respond to things. They're watching that when they make a mistake, how you respond mm -hmm. and react. And our, our natural inclination as a parent is to get angry, to feel hurt, to feel betrayed, to feel like they've let us down, to, you know, to put an arm up a distance out of hurt. But God the Father, he looks past all of that. And yes, he calls us to greater standards and, and we have standards in our house and we have rules and we have uh, punishments. But, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's not letting that thing label them. 
to the place that they feel like, oh, I am that now. You know, I might as well just quit. My parents think I'm a loser. My parents think I've let them down. No, you're speaking potential into them. You're saying, that's not who you are. Let me give you a glimpse of who you are. And that's what Paul's doing with Timothy. That's He's saying, so good. let me give you a glimpse, Timothy, of who God has called you to be. You have a call of God upon your life. These, you're going to be preaching the gospel. You're going to be declaring uh, God's goodness. And so when we understand that we're representing the Father through how even, how even when they respond in making mistakes is to reestablish their identity, to reaffirm everything in the world is telling them that they are not who God mm. created them to be. Everything in the world is trying to lure them away uh, to a false identity, to conform to a culture that is not godly. They need you as Amen. the parent to affirm and establish yeah. who they are in Christ and what they did doesn't sway or change that. And so that's an important role, I feel like, whenever, so uh, when they do make that mistake as a parent to realize, wait, they're looking at me to see how God would respond to them in this moment. That's so good. You know, the, the need for them to, to feel the love of the Father through you. Think about this. Their first interactions with God should be through your life. When they're a baby, when they're a toddler, they should feel a loving presence of Jesus coming through you that when they go to the presence of God, they sense that love that you carry and it's the same love they're learning to identify with. That unconditional, passionate love where you pray for them. This is the last, uh, this is the last letter that Paul writes to Timothy and to your point, the whole book is about reaffirming his identity. Listen to what he says, Timothy, I thank God for you. 2 Timothy 1, verse 3. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Do you see his passion and love for Timothy? I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we are together again. This kind of love and belief that he has in, in Timothy is the same love and belief we need to have in our children. Listen to what he says. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith. Look, he's going into identity here. You have the same faith that I see in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I know that same faith is strong in you. That is why I remind you. What is he doing? He's reminding him. This is what we're talking about, reminding him of who he is. I see it in you. I see it on you. That's one of your roles as a parent is to see what's in them. They can't see it. They're doubting it. They're, they're growing in it. They're too immature. It's just like a baby. They can't see the things you see as an adult. They can't understand it. That's why your role as a parent is to be a seer, to say, I see this in you. Your great greatness is on you. Even when they're making a mistake, that you and I will do this. You know, one of our kids just made a mistake the other day. And what do we say? We say, this is who you really are. God's hand is upon you. He's anointed you. What am I doing? I'm releasing, I'm releasing the word of the Lord over their life because there's always an anointing on the word that you release upon your children. So if you reaffirm and you're saying what God's saying, 
It's pushing out every adverse voice that they're hearing in that moment. I'm a loser. I made a mistake. I can't do this. This is only mom and dad's faith. It's not my faith. It doesn't work for me. God doesn't hear my prayers. These are all things they're going to hear because you heard it too. But in that moment where you release the word of the Lord, you're anointed by God. You're called to change the world. You're going to do damage to the kingdom of hell. You're going to destroy the works of darkness. You're loosing the very word God has already spoken over them. And there is an anointing on you because you're the authority over their life. You're speaking over them and they're receiving that, that reaffirmation of who they really are. He said, it's strong in you. This is why I'm reminding you again, fan into flame. Many times we tell our kids, you know, I'll tell them, don't you ever get lukewarm. Let's Don't talk you about ever. that for a second because that was one of the questions that came in and we've dealt with a lot of the questions already uh, through our discussion. But how do they fan in the flame? How do, you, how do you raise them with a faith to remember who they are, to know Jesus Christ from an early age to what that looks like through adulthood? I think, again, you know, I don't want to keep saying the same thing. You model it out first. Think about this. Isaac knew how to be a man of God because he walked up the hill as he was a teenage boy. And he asked, Father, we're going, you know what he said? He said, servants and donkeys, you stay here while I and the boy yeah, worship. Right. If, it's your, if it's your daily practice to seek God, it will become theirs. Here's the thing. They will see a pathway to what victory should look like. They will see a grace on your life. They will see a wisdom. They will feel a love. And by you exemplifying the things that are in there. That's why he goes on to say, what you've heard from me, teach others these same truths. Chapter 2, verse 2. He's saying, teach what you've heard me say. Why? Because when he started carrying and walking in that, then they knew and could understand the path of what they so needed to take. model it, first of all. Uh, be a woman of God. Be a man of God. Get your Bible out. Let your kids see you yes. reading your Bible. Yes. Um, let them see you praying together. Let them yes. see these things. Uh, but practically, I know someone's like, yeah, yeah, I know that. Like, give me practical nuggets. So, you know, uh, we would do things with our kids. We would be creative. First of all, we would watch, you know, Christian-based cartoons. If you're going to put something in their heads when they're little, let it be Veggie Tales. Yeah. Let it be Bible Man. Let it be the Word of God. Um, but, but so we would do that. And then we would uh, have a children's Bible. We would uh, even act out. Sometimes I would have the kids act out the Bible stories that we would actually have mm. Bible time. I took responsibility as yeah. the mother to be the teacher of the Bible to the children when they were at home with me. I didn't rely on Sunday school. That's a great children's church. That is a great supplement. Uh, even in the nursery, you know, nursery workers pray over your kids. I took responsibility to get the word of God into my children. That's and good. so that looked like talking about that. You know, yeah. as they were younger, I would, we would read the Bible to them. It's like feeding them the word of God. We would talk about it. We would act it out. As they got older then, we, uh, they could start to read. We would actually get them age-appropriate Bibles yeah. that they could read. And we would talk about what they've been reading. We would even give them uh, uh, money. You know, finish a chapter of the Bible and, and you get $5. Or we would give them incentives because they're little. Now, if, you're, if your kid's like 25 and they're like, hey, are you going to give me some money to read the Bible? You're like, forget it, you know. Um, but when they're little, you can do little things like that. And, and like you said, set them up to win. You know, give them a Bible reading plan. Keep them accountable. When our sons hit, like, teenage years, I remember buying them a Bible study on the book of Acts, like helping them succeed in that which I was asking them to do, asking them, are you reading your Bible? Asking, what's God speaking to you 
currently? That's a great question because anyone could, could recite like, oh, I'm reading, uh, I'm reading the story of Noah or, you know, Moses or the Sunday school answer, Jesus, Jesus. But, but when you get personal and you say, what do you feel like God's doing in your life right now? That gives you a glimpse. Uh, it gives you a taste of where they're at with their relationship with God. And then what are they listening to? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so really uh, trying to put the right things in front of them, trying to give them the right tools to succeed, but don't miss out on the accountability piece. We think just because they can, they're old enough to stay home by themselves, we're done, we've crossed a parenting finish line. No, even with our adult children, even with our son who's married, still keeping him accountable. How you doing with your Bible reading? You coming to prayer this morning? You are tithing, right? Uh, all of the things that, that you want to ask those accountability questions to keep them uh, it, on the track that they're going on. Yeah, you touched on something that is so important. You know, one of the things that you're responsible for as a parent is you are a gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. Um, There's two gateways to the heart, and that's the eyes and the ears. And so, you know, even one of the things I tell my kids all the time, the the music you listen to should be worship. I don't care. I don't care that you know anything about who's the top on the chart, because I could care less about things that lead to worthlessness. If it's rooted in the flesh, it counts for nothing, Jesus said. So you have to realize right away that the ears and the eyes are the gateway to the heart. What are you listening to? You know, one time I, you know, one of our children, I said, what, let me see what you're listening to. I said, you're not listening to this. You need to fill your, your spirit with the right things because you can't tell me for one moment you're going to consume all these materials and not have a temptation to act it out. I don't care what you say. You're a fool if you believe different. Because here's the thing, it's out of the abundance of the heart, you not only speak, but you act. Mm. What you're feeling, so you, you just make sure you're feeding them the right things. That's your job as a, as a parent, is to make sure you're feeding them the right things. Asking the questions, what are you listening to? What is it you're processing? Have you, have you, have you been getting in God's word? Why? Because these things are either building up their spirit, and what you want to do is you want to feed them the right food so that when it's their time and they're on their own, they actually want to eat the right food. Mm-hmm. They don't want to eat the junk food. They don't want to th- eat the things that they think, because the world will try to paint a facade. That apple looks so lovely to the eye. It's death. Mm -hmm. It's never going to work out well for you to follow the way of the flesh. And one of the things that he was talking about in 2 Timothy was guarding against those things. And so, again, it comes back to you feeding them the right things. As you said, I love that. When they were young, you fed them the right things, what they were watching. As they're older, you monitor. What are you listening to? What, what's on? It should be worship. It should be music that is edifying, that's building up your spirit. Listen, you don't need one more battle. You need to fill yourself with things that matter. So good. And that's the word. And as they get older, um, it goes more from, you're going to do this because I told you to do it, but it's influenced by leveraging your relationship with them. And that's why it's so important to have those values and a vision for your family, that you are making those relational investments, that it's not strange when you call them and ask how their, their day is going or when you call them and say, hey, I've been praying for you. It's not like, why are you calling me? Um, that, that you have that ongoing relationship. You know, I've always prayed since the kids were little. Lord, let us choose you and let us choose each other. Let us love you and let us love one another. And so, you know, creating that atmosphere where we go out of our way to connect with our kids. Um, It's not... It's not something like rocket science. You know, find what they like and make it what you like. I remember mm-hmm. playing video games with our sons. I remember weight training and yeah. going on 
runs, doing a 5K with one of our sons, connecting with our daughters. So, so going out of your way, those are investments that you're making to leverage the vision that you want to see come Amen. to pass. So that's where intention and reality are divided by what investments that you're willing to make, both spiritually and on a practical level, so that when it comes time and they are a teenager, you have that relationship and that relational leverage to say, uh, you know what, you're not going to be listening to this, and let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's good, and, and I think you know you have to see yourself um, as the as a shepherd in their life. You know, I, I told one of our children the other day. I said, listen, I'm your father, so you know, God has given me put me as an authority over your life to watch over you, to ensure like you're on the right path. That's what a shepherd does to make sure you're, well, the thing about what a shepherd does, make sure you're eating the right things, make sure that when there's wolves around, the shepherd's protecting. And that's what I said, you know, I said to one of our children, that's why you, you're never allowed to hide anything from your mother and I. Why? Because there's wolves out there. And what, what a sheep will do is it, it will let you know by its mouth when it sees a predator. And what is the shepherd's job? Is to strike everything that's coming against. Because this isn't a natural battle. It's a spiritual battle that's being waged for the hearts and souls of humanity. And, uh, you know, I, I just decree over you. Uh, every one of your children will serve Amen. the Lord. There won't be one tragedy. There won't be one setback in Jesus' name. And, uh, and, and you're going to see them serve God and, and live for God, live on fire for God. Amen. So good. So good. Well, these are just really practical um, elements. We answered some of your questions on parenting. Um, disclaimer, we're not experts, but we do love Jesus with all of our heart. And uh, we have some good kids. So, um, so we're just uh, believing God's best for you, praying that, that God continues to pour out his wisdom upon you as you parent these little humans, these lives that God has given you to steward and, and really giving you the wisdom and the love uh, to, to steer them in the direction of him ultimately. So praying restoration over your family, praying, praying the fullness of God on display in your families, that every lost child will come back to him, uh, that you would have the courage to course correct, that you start planting the good seeds, that you will see a harvest in the area of your family. You got this because of him. Amen. And uh, so we're so glad that you joined us today. We love you so much and praying God's best over your families. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Joey Miller podcast today. I pray you were blessed by God's word. I pray that the Holy Spirit was speaking to you and ministering to you, that his grace is empowering you to be everything that you're called to be. Well, until next time, I'll see you on the Joey Miller podcast.